Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Seat belt on. Gonna be a heavy subject today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you teach your people and you help us to see the light in the scripture so that we can walk in the light. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher. And we want to learn from the anointing. We want the anointing to make us know and have the spiritual eyes open to see the light of heaven. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Today, I would like to continue the series called The Way to Victory. How many people want to have victory in life? I want to have victory in life. I taught this many sessions already, and you can get the teaching in the YouTube. Go to the New Hope International Church YouTube, or you can go to podcast or another website called varunrevival.org in that website we have every teaching in Germany, in German in uh, Thai, in Japanese everything in there I want you to really learn from the beginning this is almost the end of the series in our Christian walk we need to develop our faith and I noticed one thing we have faith in the different areas of life for me I have strong faith in building church and lately, I have more faith in healing. I have, more f- the f- I have a lot of faith in casting out demons. When I saw demon, ha ha ha, piece of cake, like that. I really have strong faith in dealing with demons. I have faith in family blessing. But in our life, there are so many aspects. The aspect of work, aspect of family, aspect of finances, So, in order to live a victorious life, we need to have faith in all the aspects of life. Faith is of the heart or of the spirit. Therefore, in order to make our faith grow stronger and stronger, that when a challenge or when a difficulty comes in and we have to go through that difficulty in victory, we need to have faith to go through it. Is that right? Faith is our victory. So I want to encourage all of you, you must be disciplined in feeding your spirit with different subjects of the teaching. Subject of healing, subject of deliverance, subject of ministry, subject of family, many subjects. That's why we provide the teaching for free of charge so that you have no excuse not to feed your spirit in this church. We have so many sermons at the teaching table there. We call Hebrew table. You need to feed yourself with the word so that your faith will get stronger and stronger and stronger in many areas of life. Then you can become an overcomer on this earth. Amen? How many people promise you're going to have discipline in feeding your spirit? You need to. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible says, The Lord is not slack, 
concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should have come to repentance. The question is: Is God willing that any person, even one person, perish? The answer is no. He doesn't want even one person on this earth, including the non-believers, those who don't believe in God, to perish at all. But you see, all over the world, people are perishing with different kind of things, with sickness and disease and poverty, the calamity and storm and murder. A lot of problem happen. What is the alternative to perishing or destruction? This scripture. Tell us the alternative. The alternative to perishing is we call repentance. When we look at this word, we should look at the word repentance in a positive way. You may not hear this word a lot in the churches in America now, because people don't want to offend you. But actually, it's a good word. I believe that if we set up a seminar called healing seminar, oh, we can have a good turnout. If we have a seminar called "How to Have Higher Anointing," that you can heal the sick, oh, I believe a lot of people are going to show up. But if we set up a seminar called "Repentance," maybe a few people would show up. But actually, repentance is good. Repentance is the way out from calamity, and it's a way back to the blessing. Repentance. Is the protection of your life. It will stop you from get into trouble all the time. You need to understand repentance very well. Repentance is the way out when you face a calamity or the destruction that you feel like there is no way out. This is impossible that I can get out of here, get out of this mess. But once you repent, boom. God set you free, supernaturally. Repentance is the way out that no man can do for you. You need to do it yourself. Amen. The problem is this: in the body of Christ, we heard all the time people say this way: God killed that boy. God sent monsoon to destroy that city. That is not biblical at all. God never intend for even one person to perish or to be destroyed. That kind of comment is man's idea, man's wrong interpretation of the scripture, and is from the devil. God doesn't want even one man to be destroyed or to perish with poverty or calamity, sickness and disease and broken relationship. Nothing. He wants to bless people. He wants to give life to people. He never intends for anybody to be destroyed. Destruction, even one form of destruction, is not from God. It's not the will of God. Our God is good, and He's not willing that any should perish. And this absolute truth must be settled in your heart. Don't blame God anymore. When people are perishing, their situations are contrary to the will of God. Even though a lot of people in the world are still perishing now, but that 
condition of their life is contrary to the plan of God. The calamity and the tragedy are ongoing right now on this earth. You know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and He created everything in His way. And every time He finished one job, He said, "It is very good, very good." God created everything good, but why we see murder now? Why we see broken relationship? People get sick. People get into big trouble. Why? Because man has a choice. You all have choices. Unfortunately, Adam and Eve make the wrong choice. They choose to disobey God, and when they disobey God, boom! The curse came into the world. We are living in the cursed world right now. The curse of this world is not an upgrade of God's creation. Actually, it's a downgrade. It makes everything worse. Amen. So we need to understand that in order to avoid any calamity, we need to make a choice to obey God and to repent. That's what Second Peter chapter three verse nine said. Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty-three said, "But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife." This scripture talk about repentance. First of all, I want to say this: Do you know that many times we should not get involved in some things? We should not get involved in certain conversations. You notice the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times he ignore people. He just did not answer or just walk away. When people ask him question, he just didn't answer because he did not want to get into strife. When You get into a situation that you need conversation. You need to ask the Holy Spirit whether this conversation gonna be involved with hatred, strife, involved with some kind of anger, fussiness, and yelling. If that's gonna happen, stay away because we don't want to get involved with any strife and yelling. Verse 24 and 26 say, "And the Lord's servant. How many people are the Lord's servant in this room? Raise your hand up. How many people consider you serve the Lord? Thank God. Must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must greatly instruct, in the hope that God will grant them repentance." Leading them to the knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. When you talk to people, try to help people, either your relative or your friend, to come to know God. Must you must make sure that you listen to the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes people may try to give you a hard time, people may be mean to you, may try to test you and give a hard time to you. And sometimes I want to encourage you: if the Holy Spirit leads you, you don't need to give any answer. Many times when people try to talk to me, I hook up to the Holy Spirit. Beep 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 beep. 
and listen. And he say, "Keep your mouth shut. You are not the judge. I'm the judge. This is not your business." Even though I know what can answer in my heart, but God say, "No, this is not your business. Keep your mouth shut. Wait until the Holy Spirit tell you what to say. Just look at them with smile, love, and gentle. And maybe you say, "You know, I have no opinion. Why don't you ask God yourself? I'm not going to fight with you with this subject or this doctrine issue." You talk to God. I'm not going to be involved here. I'm not God. Sometimes you have to stay away from argument, and you let God deal with it. You are not God. And when people try to be mean to you, you still gentle. You still smile, and be loving, and ask the Lord to give you the word of wisdom to say. And pray that the Holy Spirit will grant or give them the gift of repentance. Repentance is a gift from God. God worked. I know very well because before I became a Christian, I was a very arrogant man. And one day, suddenly, God worked in my heart to repent and to turn to God. I know that's not for me. God granted me repentance. I need to repent, and not only that. With the gentleness, with the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will speak something from the Holy Spirit that will lead those people who are in chain, in the snare of the enemy, lead them out by the truth. Whenever you repent, the devil cannot make a grip on your life anymore. This is a very powerful thing. If you know that you are wrong, And you say, God, I'm sorry. I agree with you now. I'm gonna get right with you now from today on. When you say that, and you say, I change my way. I turn around. Suddenly, the devil hands that grabbed you or trapped you or put a snare in you come out supernaturally, and the grace of God will flow into you, and you begin to experience victory. No one has to lay hand on you. No one has to pray for you. You just repent. Boom, and God set you free. I'm gonna show you scripture today, and I will continue next time because today I have limited time to teach. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, "Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. These Galileans were offering animal sacrifices at the temple." And for some reason, Pilate sent his armed troop in, killed, slaughtered all these Galileans, and put the blood mixed with the animal sacrifice. And then people wonder why these people must be bad sinners. That's why they face this destruction. 
Have you ever have this question in your heart? Why did bad thing happen to so-called good people? Why did bad thing happen to good people? Jesus answered, "Do you think these good people are better than you or worse than you?" I tell you the truth, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. When I prepare this teaching, I look back in my life. All this time, I thought I'm a good man. I think I'm a good man. I study hard. I have only one girlfriend. I never flirt with other women. I never commit adultery. I never do anything. I feed my family. Yeah, I'm a good man. You need to understand when you say good, it's two kind of good: your own good, your own righteousness, or God righteousness. I tell you the truth: even though you say you are a good man, you still need to repent because there's so many things in your life that you still miss it and make mistake. Okay, that's why Jesus said, "No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish." So we learn that destruction can happen to the good people as well. Good people, in the sense of human standard, I am good. Is there alternative to perishing? Yes, it is repentance. It is repentance. Sometimes people ask the wrong question in life. Why this happened to me? That is not the right question. The right question should be: What should I do to get out of this destruction, of this problem in my life? Not asking why, because sometimes you don't even know why. When many years ago, when I flew to Japan, I woke up one morning and I got attacked by severe eczema, and it attacked me for five years. Pretty bad. I took steroid, prednisone, until my eyes swollen, my face swollen, and look red because I have to kill the eczema with prednisone. I never ask God why. The only thing I do: What should I do to get rid of this attack from the enemy? I'm not going to question God why. What should I do? And sometimes people attribute bad things to God. They say, "Yeah, God." Is the one who makes you in trouble right now? That is the big mistake. To blame God, who is your friend, who is your father, who is the one who can help you. Don't blame the one who's going to help you. You need to love him. You need to respect him. God doesn't want anyone to perish. Destruction is not the will of God. This has to be very settled and clear in your heart. Amen. The only reason that we still doing okay today, the only reason that we still live and go on, go to work, and no big problem happen, is that the mercy of God is still on our life. Listen carefully. We are living in a dangerous world. There are a lot of viruses. And germs and bacteria in the air right now, everywhere. Sometimes I sat in the airplane, and the person sit close to me. <coughs> God, okay. 
This is not good because that bacteria gonna come to me. Have you faced that situation sometime? Or sometime my patient walk into my office <coughs> and I, okay, oh, God, I need your mercy. I need your mercy. There are enough toxins in the environment, in the food and the water you drink. There are enough bad people, evil people, and natural calamities that may kill you any day. A lot of bad things happen on earth here. The fact that I and you still make it another day, make it another week, make it another year, is that God still show mercy to us. That's why we're still alive and not died. And the way to stay in the mercy of God, in the protection of God, is that I repent. I agree with God. I judge myself so that I will not be judged. I need to examine my life every day. My dear brother and sister, you may call yourself good people, but even Jesus said, good people need to repent. Otherwise, you shall all perish. This is the reason why the Apostle Paul said in the Bible, work out your salvation. You know, work out. You go to the gym and you work out. This is the reason why I and Pastor Da, all these 38 years, we work out our salvation. What do we do? Work out our salvation. We have the discipline. We go to church every Sunday. We listen to sermon. We read the Bible. We pray. We serve God. We don't cheat God. This morning I talked to Pastor Da. Let's calculate how much we get from that business. We're going to pay 10% there. We're not going to cheat even one penny. We go to care group. We repent quickly when we heard the word or when we read the Bible and somebody warned us of something. Yes, Lord, I repent right now. Every single day, I work out my salvation so that I will not get into destruction. In the world, actually, thank God, I just got uh, selected to be the top doctor of Seattle Magazine again this year. The top neurosurgeon in Seattle at the Seattle Metropolitan Magazine. In the world, people may think I'm a good man, but a good man like me still need to repent, and that's why we really work out our salvation. We never miss church. We never miss fellowship. Everything. Amen. And thank God for all the people who helped the activity yesterday. You work out your salvation. You cook. You brought food. You helped to preach the gospel yesterday. We work out our salvation. We do everything to obey what God called us to do. Amen? What the Lord Jesus say in verse 3, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. What does it mean? It means that Destruction can be prevented. What does it mean, prevent? Put the vaccine in. Prevent a flu. Prevention means to deal with something beforehand. Repentance means you deal with your heart, your mouth, your action before destruction comes. You need to deal with yourself. You say, God, 
This is wrong to your eyes. I'm gonna stop right now. I'm gonna judge myself. I'm not gonna keep doing it until one day your mercy is gone, and then I get into big trouble. Luke 13, 4 to 5, all these 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? Wow, two times now. He mentioned about the Galilean, now people in Jerusalem. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, who is you? You repent. You will all likewise perish. Repentance is the way to avoid bad problems from happening in our life. Repentance put us in the protection of God, shift us up into the Almighty hand, the Almighty's hand to protect. If we repent every day, when He correct us. He said, don't do that, even little thing. Yes, Lord, I repent. You still keep yourself in his mighty hand of protection and you shall not be destroyed. In the world, there are two kinds of sheep and I believe that you are smart sheep. The smart sheep, S-H-E-E-P, the smart sheep, you say, yeah, 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 amen. Yeah, 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 amen. So when the shepherd say, come right, yes. When the shepherd go say left, yeah, 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 amen. Because as long as the sheep is with the flock and with the shepherd, the wolves and the lions cannot do anything. But there is another kind of Christian we call independent, stubborn, hard-headed Christian. This kind of sheep, I'm going to do my own way. I'm going to run my own life. When the shepherd says, come right, no. I'm going to stay out of the flock. I'm going to stay home and not go to church. Whatever you say, I'm going to do my own way. I'm going to be stubborn. Those independent sheep will one day be a lion's breakfast. And the wolf snack. Because they stay out from the flock. And they stay away from the shepherd. How many people want to be a wolf snack? Raise your hand up. You see the picture? How many people want to be a lion's breakfast? No. The Bible said the devil is like a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he can devour. Thank God he cannot devour members of New Hope International Church because you're in the flock and you have a good shepherd, Jesus Christ. And you have a pastor who say, Ha! Get out of here. Cannot touch my members. I'm a fighter. I'm a spiritual martial art guy. Don't touch my members. Amen? But what we need to do is to repent. I want to repent every day. Because I don't want to die soon. I want to live a long life to run my race, to finish my course. And one day people can record in my family history Dr. Lau died old and full of days. I'm not going to be attacked by 
cancer to die sooner, because I am in the flock under the protection of the Lord. Today I would like to touch base a little bit about Job, and I will come back next time. Today I will just do the introduction about Job a little bit, and next sermon I'm going to talk in detail about Job, the story of restoration. The book of Job. It's a tremendous writing, inspired by the Holy Spirit. They say that it's one of the most ancient or oldest book in the Bible. There's so much light and revelation in the Book of Job, and we can learn about restoration from the Lord. You need to understand: in the time of Job, there was no Bible, there was no Word. There was no liberation and light like in our generation. Job believed in God, but he did not have the Holy Spirit in him like you and me. He did not know Jesus yet, but he believed in God. There were altogether forty-two chapters in the book of Job. I'm going to read Job chapter one, verses eight and nine. Then the Lord said to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth?" A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, "Does Job fear God for nothing?" God asked Satan, "Have you considered Job?" A lot of people misunderstand this scripture. They thought that God just brought Job to Satan's hand and say, "Attack him. Go ahead, attack him." No, 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 no. That's Not what the Bible means. The Bible means this way: God is ahead of the devil. God knows the heart of the devil. The devil already has set up his mind, set in his heart. I'm gonna attack this guy. God knows, and God say, "Is it true? You can attack my boy, my servant." You wonder why Satan attacked Job. Satan. Is full of hatred. He is a killer. He hates everybody, but the person he hates the most is this: the person who is righteous, upright, blameless, rich, and generous. If you are righteous, blameless, also rich and generous, the devil could not stand it. You can be blameless, you can be righteous, but you're stingy, and you're poor. The devil may not care that much because you cannot do much. You don't have influences. Job was a millionaire. Job was very rich in that generation, and the Bible says he was blameless. This is the reason why in the body of Christ there's so many wrong doctrines from the Bible to say this way: if you serve God. You're going to be poor, and you will have no joy, and you're going to suffer because you serve God. That is from the devil. The devil tried to scare everybody from serving the Lord, and try to put in poverty mentality into the church, put in the doctrine that Christian who are spiritual must be poor and suffer. The suffering that the Bible talk about is not about being poor or being sick. But it's about being attacked or being persecuted by people because you love God. It's nothing wrong to be blameless and righteous 
upright and rich and generous. How many people want to be that way? Blameless? You don't raise your hand. What do you mean? You don't want to be rich? Okay. I know that some of you don't want to be rich. How many people want to be blameless, righteous, upright, rich, and generous? Come on, yeah, come on, yes, hallelujah. Can you? Yes, you can be. God can bless you, amen? Job was rich and righteous, and he was a millionaire. And some people say this way in Luke 18.25. They're against prosperity. They say, For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. People make a comment that, Oh, you don't want to be rich because if you're rich, you cannot have salvation. No, no. What Jesus says here is about people who love money. People who worship money. People can love money but have only $5 in the pocket and still love money. People can love money even though they have nothing in their wallet because they love money. But people can love God and be generous when they are rich too. Generous, rich people are scary to the eyes of the devil. Because the kingdom of God will be expanded by their generosity. Amen? That's why when I heard about the generosity of the Korean Christians from that Presbyterian church, they gave in one time, the pastor told him that we're going to make donation one time to buy that land and build Bible school. And you don't get enough, that's it. And one time, they raised 8 million bahts which is about $200,000 in 1989, 1990. They are generous. Thank God for Korean Christians. Very generous people. Amen? Amen? Money itself is not evil, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The enemy attacked Job. His herds were stolen, all of his children were killed in the big windstorm. And when some people read this and, oh, this is an act of God. <laughs> the devil wants to deceive everyone in the world that there is no devil, there is no Satan, there are no demons, and every bad thing comes from God. Every bad calamity and terrible thing is the act of God. No! Terrible things are the act of the devil, not of God at all. Amen? You have to be careful. The Bible says Job did not curse God, and the devil keep coming against him again and again and again. The Bible says the devil is an accuser. So he came and accused Job and accused God as well. In Job chapter 1, 21 to 22, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Look at chapter 2, verse 7 and 10. 
So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, and he took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, "Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die." But he said to her. You speak as one of the foolish woman speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Who put boils or abscess on the body of Job? Who? Satan, not God. Okay. The Bible said Satan did, and Satan still make people sick today. Sickness does not come from God. Sickness comes from the curse and the enemy. Acts chapter 10 verse 38: How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Sickness is satanic oppression. We need to understand this. Sickness doesn't come from God. Sometimes I heard Christians say, "Oh, it's God's will for me to be sick. It's God's will. I think God wants to teach me some lesson." No, God doesn't teach you lesson by giving you sickness. He can teach you through the Bible, to the pastor. Don't have to get sick in order to be taught by God. Sickness comes from the devil. Are we going to believe the Bible, or are we going to believe in man's idea? I'm going to believe in what the Bible say. Okay, I'm not going to believe in what the devil say. But at that time, Job's wife worked with the devil, agreed with the devil, and say, "Curse God! He's bad. He put sickness on you. Curse God and die." And Job said, "No, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that." You need to understand one thing. Let me explain to you. Okay, this is a little bit deep in theology. Job did not have the Bible. Job did not have the Holy Spirit. Job did not have the light that we have today. What is the light? The light that we have today in the Bible is there is a devil. The devil gives sickness, and the devil come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That is the light we have. And because Job doesn't have the light. He spoke it out ignorantly that God kind of allowed sickness to happen to him. In other words, God is causing the sickness on him. He did not do it to accuse God, but because of his ignorance. I want to say something quickly about the light. You remember the book of First John say, "We walk in the light." What is the light? The light is what the Holy Spirit. Revealed to us from the Bible. All of us have different level of lights. That's why I never talk bad about the church that don't speak in tongues and don't believe in the fire, don't believe in the glory, because they don't have that light yet. And I did not have that light many years ago. I'm growing in knowing the light every year, and I. Bring it to the pulpit to teach you the light, so that you can walk in the light. Are you? Is it clear? Please don't 
compare yourself with other believers. Oh, I know more than him. He's not don't do anything. No, no, that is the light he has. As long as he walk in the light, God accept him. But you need to know more light, and you walk in the light God give to you. Is it clear? So don't compare. Don't say, "You see, I never get any attack from the devil. I never get any calamity. My life is so good. You're not good. You you worse than me." No, no, no. Everyone has to repent, including me. No exception. Don't think that you are superior or you are better than other people. No such thing in the body of Christ. We are not superior to anybody. We all need to repent. We all have missed it. We all have made mistake, and we have to repent. Amen. Okay. So Job did not understand about the devil in that generation. He did not have the teaching. He did not have the Bible to read. So he concluded that, "Oh, God give me, and God take away." He kind of say like that. That God is involved in his sickness, but he did not have a bad attitude. He just talked out of ignorance. Job chapter two, eleven to thirteen. Now, when Job three's friend heard all this adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place: Eliphaz, the Temanite; Bildad, the Shuhite. And so far, the Namathite, for they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they raised their eyes from afar, did not recognize Job. They lifted their voices and wept, and each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his grief was very great. Later on, if you continue to read the Bible, you can see that Job had bitterness against his friend. They had conversation. This friend came to comfort Job. They keep their mouth shut for seven days. When people are in trouble, they may not need your preaching. Don't go there and preach to them. They need your love and care. They need comfort. Amen. Don't walk into the hospital. You sick. You sin. You don't have faith. Listen to this sermon. No, don't do that. Just sit there. Grab the hand and pray and show love. Amen. Don't preach to people who are in trouble until they are ready. Until the Holy Spirit say, "Yes, this is a time. Maybe you can share something." Anyway, the story continue next time. But what I want to make a conclusion today: the story continue. Next time we're gonna learn about Job in detail. What happened to Job and his friend, and how God deal with them. We're gonna learn in detail so that we know how to live a life of repentance. Anyway, at the end, Job repented. And look at what the Bible say. How many people believe repentance gets you out from calamity? Okay, let me read. I'm gonna read again next time, but I read today. So, Eliphaz the Temanite, Job 42. I'm sorry, Job 42, verses 9 to 17, and Bildad the Shuhite, and so far the Namathite. 
went and did as the Lord commanded them. For the Lord had accepted Job, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers and all his sister and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity which happened about one year. All this altogether about a year. That the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first Gemina, the name of the second Kesia, and the name of the third Karen Habush. In all the land were found no woman as so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died. Old and full of days. From the dark point of his life for one year, God turned around to have double in property. Seven, how many kids? Ten kids. I'm sorry, I thought about boys. Ten kids. Three daughters, the most beautiful daughters in the whole earth. And he has left over to give to his children. And he lived another 140 years. He was under the protection of God. Next time we're going to learn what happened. But we know one thing. At the end of the story, Job repented. And Job forgave his three friends. Is there anyone in your life that you're still mad at right now. Some of you may be mad at God right now. Some of you may be mad at your daughters or son or your in-laws. Why don't you repent? If God shows you something that you're doing wrong, you have been stubborn, why don't you repent today? God will change the situation around. Number one, you repent, you get protection. You will not get into big problem later on. Protection of God. Two, he can, can get you out of the destruction. Three, is the way back to the blessing. Do we spend some time to repent? Why don't we all bow our heads? Talk to God. And ask God to show you what you need to repent. Some of you might have cheated God for many years. You never calculate the tithe. You just give token money to God every Sunday. 
You have millions of dollars, but every Sunday you come. Okay, God, give you five dollars. You cheat God, and God has been very patient with you. Don't keep doing those things. Maybe God called you to serve. God say, "I give you the gift." You keep procrastinating. No, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to get involved. Maybe you have bitterness against your wife. God say, "Forgive her. Repent." Maybe you are addicted to cigarette, to pornography, to alcohol. I heard a testimony yesterday from a believer from the afternoon service. This person led her sister in Thailand to Christ. Brand new believer, and the sister say, "I want to be set free from smoking. That I." Have been doing for years and years. This lady pray in Thailand, and she saw a vision that a very tall, big man in white clothes put his hand on her head and say, "You're set free." After she opened her eyes, she has no more desire to smoke anymore. It's totally gone. By one touch of the hand of Jesus Christ, but He cannot do that to you if you still say, "I love my alcohol, I love my cigarette, I love my money." He cannot help you because you have the freedom of choice. Maybe you need to break the spirit of poverty. Some of us have a lot of money. But still have the spirit of poverty. You never give to anybody. You just hang on to the money you have because you love money so much. You repent and say, "God, I'm gonna break that out for me. Money is not everything for me. We can have all the things in the world, but if we lose our soul, what we can do?" Hallelujah, Father. Help this church to be a repentant church, getting ready to meet the bridegroom. We want to be the holy bride. We may think that we are good, but you say in the Bible, unless you repent, you shall perish likewise. Father, I believe all of us in this room. Have something in our life that we need to repent, even though we think we are good people, but we still miss it, miss something. We still do something wrong, have some bad attitudes, say wrong thing. Help us, Lord, to see our own self, to judge ourselves. We want to be good sheep that follow the shepherd. We don't want to be the lion's dinner. We want to protect ourselves from the calamity and the terrible things, Lord. 
forgive us. We repent of our sin, Lord. Oh Lord, special protection come upon this house. And what you say in the Bible about Job, we shall see in this church. Many of us in this room shall live to 120 years, old and full of days. See grandkids, great grandkids to the fourth generation. The blessing of God shall be upon them, Lord, because they live a repentant life, Father. We thank you so much for telling us the truth in this sermon, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And all the saints say, "Amen." How many people promise that you're going to live a lifestyle of repentance? Every day you're going to repent. Then God talks to you something. Amen. Hallelujah. You learned something today. Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I would like to encourage you to be born again. Believe me, you did not come from monkey. You look so different from monkey. Monkey doesn't know how to cook sushi, make hairstyle. Doesn't know how to make burrito. You were created by God, and God wants to invite you back home to become His daughter and His son. Very simple. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, "Jesus is my Lord." You shall be born again. Can we do that? Let's say at the same time, Jesus, you are my Lord, my Savior. You were raised from the dead on the third day. I repent of my sin. You forgive me, Jesus. Come into my life. I am born again today. Thank you, Lord, for receiving me. I'm a child of the living God. I did not come from monkey. Monkey is not my dad. The Jehovah, the God Almighty, is my Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, give your people. The supernatural week, the week of the breakthroughs. This coming week, your hand will be upon them. Everywhere they go, they shall find the favor of heaven, the favor of with man, and the favor with God. Lord, your goodness shall follow them all the days of their life. Bless everyone. Put your hand upon them. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. So thirsty
thirsty.